0: Hey, thank you, Carol. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode, where today we reflect on the impact the coronavirus is having on our relationships. You know, there's no shortage of information about the virus itself, how it's affecting our physical health, advice how to take care of ourselves, the impact on the economy, and the disruption in our normal daily life. Well, I don't want to talk about any of that. Instead, I want to talk about what I mentioned in a recent email that I had sent to our listeners, where I asked them to share with me examples of anything positive they have seen coming out of the coronavirus health crisis we are in. I asked for specific concrete stories, anything that someone saw, heard, or experienced that would encourage people. So today's episode is all about the positive, positive, all about the relational goodness found in the challenging times we are in. Well, here's the first response to my email. It comes to us from a listener by the name of David who wrote, I have been working from home and have been able to see my daughter more than usual, and I have witnessed firsthand how hard my wife Brittany works as a stay-at-home mom! Exclamation point. It has been a blessing to have this time with them, and not rush out the door every morning. Well, thank you for sharing that, David. Uh, That's certainly an example of relational goodness coming out of this uh, coronavirus thing. You know, when I was a young dad, I would sometimes wonder when I was at work, I I wonder what my wife was doing all day. You know, I just couldn't understand what she was doing. I'm away at work. You know, how hard can it be? Well, uh, it didn't take me long to realize how hard it could be when I had to stay home one day. And I saw how hard it was. It's really challenging sometimes for young moms to be managing the household and the kids. So the fact that you grew to appreciate what your wife is doing, I think, is a great benefit. So th- thanks for sharing that. Another listener who wishes to remain anonymous wrote the following. My wife called both our elderly widowed neighbors just to check in and make sure they had what they needed and were doing okay. They were surprisingly calm and offered to share their supplies with us if we needed anything. He goes on to say, My wife has also been sharing digitally devotional teachings with friends from our gym who are struggling with anxiety. Yeah, isn't that the truth? Lots of people are struggling with anxiety. And what a great blessing that this, uh, this wife was uh, doing by sharing some devotional teachings that would help with that. This listener also wrote in to say, "I purposely have gone out several times in the past few days to the grocery store to Starbucks, et cetera, and i've been observing people thanking grocery workers for serving people isn't that interesting? You know we take them for granted you know they um, they need to practice social distancing too, and they're um, they're helping all of the rest of us with the work that they do that we oftentimes just take for granted." The same listener happens to be involved with a um, nonprofit ministry, and he says, uh, we are ramping up efforts this week just to check in with as many of our donors as possible, just to make sure they're doing okay and have some relational contact. And people seem grateful to be hearing from, from people. Of all the negatives of digital media, the ability to stay connected relationally, even when not able to physically seems to be an unexpected blessing. Well, I really like that. Uh, There are a few things that I've uh, come across, too. Uh, A Facebook post recently I read that I found quite interesting. And it goes like this. Many years ago, a student asked the anthropologist Margaret Mead what she considered to be the first sign of civilization in a culture. The student expected that she would talk about hooks, uh, clay pots, cave art, that kind of thing. But no. Uh, she said the first sign of civilization in an ancient culture was a broken and healed femur. You know, long, it's the longest uh, bone in our leg. Mead explained that in the animal kingdom, if you break your leg, you die. You can't run from danger. You can't go to the river to drink water or hunt food. You are fresh meat for predators. No animal survives a broken leg long enough for the bone to heal. A broken femur that is healed is evidence that someone had time to stay with the one who fell, treated the wound, took the person to safety, and took care of her while she recovered. And this last line I think is just really great. Margaret Mead said, Helping someone during difficulty... Is where civilization begins. Wow, that's certainly true of our times, helping people during difficulty. One of the great difficulties of this time is anxiety that was mentioned previously. You know, people who struggle with anxiety during less stressful times than we are in now have most likely broken their worry meter from overuse during these days. But, but someone has developed something that could very well help them that i found. It's a YouTube video with Bible verses that deal with anxiety. It's actually two hours and 43 minutes of a woman with a very soothing voice simply reading Bible verses that speak to the issue of worry and anxiety. The verses are repeated, but there are enough of them that you barely notice they're looped to last over two hours. Then in the background, you hear and see a waterfall. It's really very calming. I'll have a link to the video in the show notes, but you can find it in YouTube by searching for the following, Bible verses for anxiety and worry, overcome fear with calming scriptures and relaxing nature sounds. I'll repeat that, Bible verses for anxiety and worry. I think if you just search on that, you'll find it. And it will open with an ad, but but just skip on the uh, skip ad button that you'll see, and you'll see a picture of a waterfall. But again, I'll have a link to that in the show notes. I found some more relational goodness from a Facebook group that I found for missionary caregivers. And I, I want to read to you just one post that I saw. It, it goes like this. It's from one missionary to another, or to another in their uh, missionary care group. It goes like this. If you are on the field and needing to self-isolate due to coronavirus, kindly remember to check in on the singles among you. There is a stark difference between isolating with a spouse and possibly children than isolating alone. Singles, be sure to reach out to others through your preferred means of communication. Others cannot meet needs if they are not aware of them. 14 or more days without contact with others is not good for anyone. May God bless us all. This COVID-19 is a tremendous opportunity to let the world around us to see the love of Christ through us. May he and he alone be glorified. I really like that. I really like that. And then in the world from business, there's some more relational goodness. Uh, There's an email service that I use. Uh, It's called ConvertKit. It's uh, very similar to MailChimp, which uh, a lot of people use. And they have set up a $50,000 fund to help their small business clients whose businesses have taken a nosedive because the impact of the virus on our economy. I, I just find that really heartening that a business is caring for its customers and trying to do what they can help. And then another thing that I saw from the world of business um, is, uh, is a statement from Michael Hyatt. He uh, has this company, Michael Hyatt & uh, and Company, and he used to be the uh, president and CEO of um, well, oh, Thomas Nelson Publishers. That's right. Anyway, he, I'm on his email list, and he sent out something recently. And talking about this virus, he said, uh, ask yourself, what does this make possible? And he goes on to say, and this is related to business, but it applies to relationships too. He said, What new products or services are possible in this context? What efficiencies can be gained from having a remote team? What can I accomplish with the time gained from travel or event cancellations? Start thinking about possibilities and they will begin to appear. Well, the same can be said about our relationships. During these unusual times of social distancing, what does this make possible in our relationships? Start thinking about the possibilities, and they will appear. Another example of relational goodness comes from one of my favorite authors, Peggy Noonan. She has a column that appears every Saturday morning in the Wall Street Journal, and the one most recent uh, just really, really gripped me. It's entitled, We Need Time to Absorb All This. Peggy Noonan won the 2017 Pulitzer Prize for Commentary, and she's been writing for the Wall Street Journal now since uh, the year 2000 and lives in New York City. So I just want to read um, excerpts from the article. I I think it's really, really good, and I hope you'll see why. I'll have a link to her column at the end of the show notes. It's entitled We Need Time to Absorb All This, and it's about the coronavirus epidemic that we're dealing with. Well, here's what she writes. This is a quick piece that touches on where we are, where we may be going, and an attitude for the journey. We are all of us every day trying to absorb the new reality, give it time to settle into us. It's all so big. We are discovering the illness as we experience it. We don't know its secrets, how long it lasts, how long its incubation, Whether you can be reinfected. Where we are is a hard, bad place. Stupid to deny it. Where we're going looks to be difficult. The governmental instinct is right. Stabilize things while everyone's absorbing. Whatever is done will probably be an unholy mess. Do it anyway and see where we are. A general attitude for difficult times? Listen to this, this is great. Trust in God first and always talk to Him. Trust to God first and always talk to Him. And see this we are surrounded by nobility. Mike Lukovich had a cartoon this week of the Marines raising the flag on Iwo Jima, only it wasn't Marines, it was a doctor, a scientist, a nurse and a first responder anchoring Old Glory in this rocky soil. It was hokey and beautiful and true. In the next few weeks and months, they'll get us through, and we should thank them every way possible. That includes everyone who can't work at home. The cops and firefighters, the garbage men and truckers, the people who stock the grocery shelves and man the counters. A nurse told me Thursday that hospital workers all see themselves as sitting ducks for the infection, but no one's calling in sick. A journalist friend said maybe this will reorder things and we'll start to pay people according to their real importance to our society. A personal note. As this is written, I have been sick for two weeks. It started when I was uh, finishing a column on Representative Jim Claiborne. I got a chill and noticed uh, the notepad on my knee was warm. The next night, more chills. Took my temperature, 101. It may be a poorly timed ordinary virus, one of the dozen floating out there in America on any given day, or it may be the more interesting one. But everything you've heard about the difficulty of getting a test is true. There are none, said my doctor. If he sent me to the emergency room, I wouldn't meet their criteria. You can have every symptom, but if you answer no to two questions, you won't be tested. The questions are, have you traveled internationally? Have you been in contact recently with someone who tested positive? My doctor instructed me to go home, self-quarantine, rest, Report back. A week in, the fever spiked up. The headaches were joined by a cough and sore throat, and I called the local government number where they couldn't connect me to anyone who could help. Everyone I dealt with was compassionate and overwhelmed. On day 12, my doctor got word of testing available at an urgent care storefront on First Avenue in New York City. When I called, I was connected to a woman in Long Island. She asked for my symptoms. Then, have you traveled internationally? Have you had recent contact with anyone who's infected? No and no. She said, it's okay. I'm sure they'll accept you. I could hear her click send. She paused and said, oh, I'm so sorry. You don't meet the criteria. But by now, we had made friends, and she was disappointed for me. I said, let's think together. Twelve days sick, almost all of the symptoms, part of the endangered demographic was I. Silence. Then a brainstorm. At this point, I have known a person who's tested positive. I saw him a while back, and no one has defined recently, because no one knows the incubation period. I said, can we do the interview again? She said, let's go. She went down the list of questions, and once she said, have you recently had contact? I said, I believe I can say yes. She said, all right. Silenced as I listened to her tap the keys. You meet the criteria, she said with the sweetest excitement. And so Tuesday night, I made my way with mask and gloves to the urgent care storefront where I was tested by a physician's assistant who said his office or New York health authorities or the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention will get back to me with results in three to seven days. Yikes. At this point, I suppose it's academic. If it's positive, They'll tell me to continue what I'm doing. But if hospitalized, it would save time. Presumably, I wouldn't have to be tested again. Also, it would be nice to think I just wasn't home sick. I was home developing fighting Irish antibodies, spoiling for a fight. She's Irish, you know. She concludes uh, with this line. I just want to get out and help in some way. Isn't that the way you feel? We all just want to pitch in Wow isn't that a isn't that a great column? If you forget everything else from today's episode, here's the one thing I hope you remember every challenge we face has embedded within it a choice with covid nineteen we can choose to wring our hands, retreat, and just wait things out in fear or We can choose to take advantage of opportunities to strengthen our relationships with people. Well, here's what you can do in response to today's show. We can look for the goodness in people. We can check in on them to let them know they're not alone in all this. We can choose to bring out the best in ourselves. And we can choose to follow Peggy Noonan's advice. Trust in God first and always. Talk to Him. I'd love to hear about how this goes for you. Feel free to send an email to me at john at or share your thoughts in the Leave a Reply box at the bottom of the show notes. In closing, I hope your thinking was stimulated by today's show to both reflect and to act so that you will find the joy God intends for you through your relationships. Because after all, You were made for this. And now for our relationship quote of the week. I'm going to go with a comment from Peggy Noonan's column and embrace her attitude and make it true for me too. It's the last line in her column. I just want to go out and help in some way. Isn't that what you feel? We all just want to pitch in. Well, that's all for today. See you next week. Goodbye for now.